0: In a standard case of a Yavama, this woman lost her husband without any children, and now the surviving brother wants to do either a Yibam or a chalitza. the rule is they always have to wait three months from the day the husband died, and the reason is that we have to see if she's pregnant from her first husband, because if she is, and she's going to have a baby, then there's no need for a Yibam nor Khalitsa. And the reason why we say three months is because most women, their pregnancy is recognizable after three months. So we always wait three months, and if she's not pregnant by then, you can go ahead and do the Yibam or the Chalitza. It's not like the husband dies the next day, they're doing the Yibam or the Chalitza. you got to wait three months to ensure she's not pregnant from the first husband, and then you can go ahead and do the Yibam or the Chalitza. The so too with and to any other woman, she may subbalah and their husbands die. Or they got divorced. Uh, any other case. Right? Uh, it could be their husbands died and they had children. Right? Not a case of Yibam. It's a regular case their husbands died. Or they got divorced. It says the Mishnah, they cannot do the heiress and they can't get engaged. They can't do the nisu, and they can't get married. Until they wait three months from the day that their husband died or the day they got divorced. In order to see whether she's pregnant or not from the first husband. Because we have to see now that she's going to have a child we want to know whose child is it? Is it the first husband's child or is it the second husband's child? If she gets married before three months, then it's a suffix. It's a doubt. And we say that uh, if she gave birth at nine months, it goes to the first husband. If she gave birth at seven months, it goes to the second husband. So therefore, we don't want to have doubts. And even in a regular case of a woman who just lost her husband and she could have had kids, it doesn't really matter, or she got divorced, she does not get remarried or even engaged up until three months from when the husband left her or died. And they bring down a pasuk. The Gemara explains, it says, v'hakimosi es that God will, God will establish his covenant, his, his, his shekina, um, amongst Klai as and Zaracha, your children. Suraj explains that the Shechina, uh, rests its, you know, its glory on the vadam, on the certain, uh, children, not on the doubtful children. I Meaning we have to know the yichas, we have to know the lineage of these children who, where they're coming from. Alright. Whether it's a Besula, a woman that never got married Or a beula a woman that Well, let's, let's explain what these cases are Besula literally is a virgin Beula is a woman that was lived with Gerusha is a divorced woman Almana is a widow uh, Nesua is during the Nesuin They already got married And Arusa is just engaged So, what are all these cases? The Gemara explains... Whether a besula, meaning that she got divorced or she became widowed from the and stage, from the stage that she was engaged. That's what it means, "bisula, Or whether a what does Ba'ula mean? That she got divorced or she became widowed by the Nasuan stage, when she was already married. In any event, cool in all these cases, Loyat Arsu, they cannot get engaged. L'Yin they cannot get married until three months pass. Because the Chama of of the engagement state up to the uh, marriage state. And uh, these three months are necessary to wait. Uh, they say, Tishim Yom, it's 90 days. Chutz M'yom, with the exception of the day that the husband died or got divorced, Chutz sabon except from the, the day that they got engaged. So we wait these three months, which is the 90 days, um, not including the day that the husband died, or got divorced, and not, not including the day they got engaged. Okay. Rabbi Yehuda Om, um, Rabbi Yit says, that women that became a widowed or divorced from the nesuun, from the, from once they were married already, they're permitted to get engaged right away. They didn't have to wait three months. Only the ones that were actually married have to wait three months, not the ones that were engaged. They are rusos, yinasu. Right? And the, uh, engaged ones, the and the those that got, uh, became widowed or got divorced from the engagement state are permitted to get married than a suin right away. Sharia'in, because they're not pregnant. Because according to Rabbi Yehuda, we don't make a Gezerah of the areas of the engagement ones because of the married ones. Um, and therefore he's more lenient. Chutz with the exception, Yehuda, except for the Arusas, the engaged ones, in the city of Yehuda, that if they became widowed or got divorced, they cannot do the and they cannot get married up until three months, because since in that city they were no to have Yichud with the Arusa, and they should leave Ogaspa and then you know once this Man is accustomed to be next to his, um, his engaged, his engaged, uh, next to his fiancé. And he's not, you know, he's, he's very accustomed to be next to her. We're concerned that maybe he lived with her. So therefore, in Yehuda, he wouldn't have this leniency. They would have to wait three months. Rabbi Yossi, Omer, um, Rabbi Yossi says, a third opinion, call Han all women, yit arsu. In all these cases, Rabbi Yossi holds, he holds, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, that all the women in all these scenarios are permitted to get engaged immediately. Right? Chutz bin Hamunna except for the widow. Why not the widow? She's prohibited to get engaged um within 30 days from when her husband died because of Neha Ibo because she's mourning over the death of her husband right if she gets engaged within 30 days then her, avala, her, her her mourning will be gone so therefore she's in mourning she's got to wait 30 days but everybody else can get engaged right away because they're not living with each other when they're engaged and we don't pasken, not like Rabbi Yehuda, and not like Rabbi Yosi not like these two second shittas rather like the Tanakama that in any event you know you always have to wait the three months to ensure that they're not pregnant from their first husbands than then to discern, you know, when they have a baby to know that it's from, you know, that it had to be from the second husband because they only got married three months later. All right. Mishnah Yud Aleph. So Arba four brothers. The Gemara explains is there were six brothers, but four of the brothers of these six are in Esu and Arba Nashim, are married to four women, Mesu, and they all die without any children, and these four wives fall before the surviving two brothers for Yibam. Says the Mishnah, If the oldest brother that's, you know, alive, uh, or HaGadol Shebam, the older one of the two, he wants to go ahead and He has to do Yibam to all four women. He has the permission to do Yibam to all four women. Because since each one of them is pulling from a different brother, he can go ahead and do it. And the Gemara explains, we're talking about a case over here, that the Yavim was rich, and he's able to support all of them. He could maybe finance them. Because the Gemara, the, the Gemara teaches that, seen like eight to thevish, like so, We don't want there to be too many women in the house. If you can't support them, there'll just be fight and aggravation. So if you can support them, you can go ahead and do Yivam to all four of them, being that they're fallen from four different brothers, it's, it's okay. You can go ahead and do that. Uh, next part, Misha haya Nasret Nashem. But the flip case, if you have one brother married to two women, the maze, and he dies without any children, so now the surviving brother could do biyasa o oh, He could do abiya, meaning do the yibum, or a the separation, shall mehan to only one of them, because uh we'll see why in a second. And when he does it, poteras it exempts the other one. So what does this mean? says the Mishnah, but you can't do yibim to both of them. Why not? Because the Pasuk says, You rebuild one house, the Torah says. Meaning you rebuild your brother's house from one wife, but not from two wives. So if it's two women from the same brother, then you can't do yibum on both of them. Whereas if it's four women from four brothers, then you could, because it's four individual houses that you're rebuilding. So in this scenario, there's two wives to one brother, you only do Yibam or Chalitza to one of them. So to you can't do Chalitza, to both of them because the Pasuk says that one house you do chalitza to but you don't do chalitza to two houses the chayin and so too it's prohibited to do yibam to one and chalitza to the other as the Pasuk says so, so what happens is is that you're only doing a yibam or a chalitza to one of them that's what's coming out in this scenario so if you want to do yibam go ahead do yibam Because whoever is doing, meaning each woman, if you could do yibam with her, you could do chalitza with her. If you could do chalitza with her, you could do yibam with her. But if you can't do yibam with her, you can't do a chalitza with her. And if you can't do a chalitza with her, you can't do yibam with her. How does that play out over here? So, once you do yibam to the first one, the second one you can't do yibam to, right? Therefore, there's no need to do a chalitza. And so, too, if you did chalitza to the first one, you can't do yibim to the second one anymore, and therefore nothing is necessary. Just, just, she'll just be on her way. Um, so that's the idea. You're doing either a yibim or a chalitza to one of them. And then the other one is it's exempt. She can go on her way. Um, she's mutaras l'shuk Yeah, she's permitted to just go to the market and, you know, get married to, uh, to somebody else. Um, and lastly, if one of the wives are kosher, one of the wives are invalid. What does this mean? So what it means is, is that one of the women that this deceased brother was married to was invalid to marry to a Kohen. What does that mean? He married a divorced woman. Right? A divorced woman cannot marry a Kohen. So if this brother dies, he had two wives, a regular wife and a divorced wife. And now he dies, comes along the surviving brother, if the surviving brother wants to do a chalitza, it's better for him to do the chalitza to the divorced woman. Why? Because if you kuhuna. Right? So meaning Lo Adam may borrow. The Mar says, Don't spill out the waters of your pit. Somebody else could use them. What's happening over here? There are two women. Right? They're both widows, but one was divorced once upon a time, and one has the potential to have the chalitza done to her. Now, if you could do a chalitza, you only need to do chalitza to one of them. The other one could just go on her way afterwards, like we just learned. So you might as well do the chalitza to the divorced woman. Why? Because then the other woman could still marry a cohen. She's just a widow. A widow can marry a cohen. I May mean, not marry a cohen Gadol, but can marry a cohen. Whereas if you do the chalitza on the one that was not divorced, she'll be called the chalutza. And a chalutza cannot marry a coin. So in this case, don't spill waters out when they can be given to somebody else. You might as well do the chalitza on the divorced woman who can't marry a coin anyway, and let the other woman just go free afterwards and marry the coin. Beautiful concept. But if you're doing the Yibam Then you could do the Yibam to the Kshira To the woman who was the, the surviving uh, Wife that was not divorced A regular woman You could do the We just go with the Rambam Rambam says If you're doing Yibam, do Yibam to whichever one you want It wouldn't matter Because if you're doing Yibam to the divorced one Then the other one can just go ahead And marry a coin, right, because she's free And if you do Yibam to the to the regular one that wasn't divorced once upon a time, then the other one is was was divorced. So either way, she can't marry the coin. So it comes to Yibam come do whichever one you want, and we'll hold it over here for Mishni Adalaf.